This is the Deep Dive with Brooke Spector. Investigative conversations about issues that impact our lives. Be curious. Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Only on 101.9 High FM. Good morning, all, and this is indeed Brooke Spector, and we are the Deep Dive, and we have a special guest today, somebody who I suspect many of our listeners uh, know, uh, some have met, uh, some perhaps have voted for him, and I think he probably feels that more of them should, <laughs> but it, it's a it's a real pleasure to have uh, Herman Mashaba, head of Action SA, on with us this morning. Herman Mashaba is an anomaly in South African politics. He's a man who started out in business dealing crockery and cutlery and home cleaning products from the the back of his car, moved up the the food chain, opened and ran and did well with with his own brand of cosmetics and hair care products. And then somewhere along the way, he said, hey, why not me? I can be in politics too. And uh, created himself anew as a politician without the ties to traditional parties, to traditional pressure groups, and moved into uh, a position where within just a very short period of time, created a real niche for himself, uh, first in one of the organized political parties, the Democratic Alliance, and then more recently in Action SA, which did, for a new party, did extraordinarily well in elections in a number of places and in the recent local elections. And I wanted to talk with him today about the future South African politics, because we, you know, we can reminisce and we can look back over how things got to where they were. But clearly, what's going to happen in the future, in the next general election, in the way in which all the different electoral forces are going to come to bear, the possibilities of coalition governance in this country begins to loom ever more real. And it's a it's a great pleasure then to welcome you, Herman. Um, we've talked over the years many times, and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, uh, Brooks, and thank you to Hi uh, FM for giving me this uh, platform to talk about uh, the scary future of the future uh, of the future of uh, to have discussion on the future of our country. It's it's something that would give any normal person sleepless nights. Um, this country with such massive massive potential, uh, which we thought and envisaged in 1994. 28 years later, it's a scary environment. Um, but however, uh, I still feel uh, obviously um, op- uh, you know, uh, um, cautiously optimistic. I'm scared. Um, and, and I think that's the reason I'm doing this job. That's why I'm doing this brutal job. Uh, the job that I hate because it's brutal. It's, uh, it's really deprived me of my normal life. But the one thing that I've really learned in my life is that um, things in life don't just happen by nature. And what we can rely on nature and God to give us uh, is to give us uh, the sun every morning and um, then go down and we'll have rain from time to time. But uh, politics, it's uh, something that um, 
human beings and needs to take uh, interest in, more especially when you live in a democratic dispensation. I can accept when people are too scared to get involved in politics in a brutal system like the apartheid system, living under military rule or living under a communist rule. But uh, if you look at the South African constitution, Honestly, if we fail um, as um, citizens uh, to, to take the responsibility for the future of this country, then if we fail, then we must all um, be complicit to the collapse of our country. A lot of people like the fact that you came out of uh, private business and decided to pick up the challenge of uh, politics. It's an unusual activity in this country it seems that more it's more usual for people to be politicians and then figure out a way to become rich and then go into business uh, reaping the harvest of their connections. Other people sometimes have accused you of being opportunistic, trading on your name uh, and your and your name recognition and trying to use that for politics. But the question to me is why do so few people in other careers and other types of activity choose to go into politics in this country. Uh, why is it that you see so few business people, legitimate business people, entering politics because they worry or they they have thoughts about the future of their country? Why, why are you such a lonely figure in that regard? Well, uh, it's actually uh, quite sad, uh, Brooks. Uh, it's a very important subject, Matt, you are raising. And I, and I can tell you my own assessment uh, uh, why I believe uh, people stay out of politics, uh, those who are privileged, because I've decided, and I'm unapologetic about this, to, to use my privileged position to try and really save my country. I don't want to see my country collapse collapse like Zimbabwe and other African countries and we sit back because we are scared of um, challenging politicians. I felt uh, this is not going to happen under my my watch. You must understand a lot of people are dependent on the government, be it um, government employees, um, be uh, tenderpreneurs. I'm sure you've heard of this name in our country called tender, even called uh, tenderpreneurs. So people who have been built by government, they they under impression they were built by government. People are holding senior positions in government. They think they're holding those positions uh, at the behest of government. They don't realize it's, uh, it's, it's their parents uh, giving them the right education and so forth. It's got nothing to do with uh, with the, with with this current government. Look, the current government, uh, like the National Party. They're brutal uh, to, uh, to to opposition. Uh, anyone uh, who does not uh, comply, they decisively deal with you. Well, unfortunately, or fortunately for me, I'm not. I wasn't built uh, by politicians, um, and and I don't want to really be built by politicians. And uh, I'm not going to sit back um, because I'm scared of them. I'm not. I love this country more than I can really be just scared of of politicians. We have a constitution adopted in 1996 that gives me all the right to start a political party or not start a political party. I remember when I um, initially even joined the, the DA, how I was ostracized um, when I then obviously left the DA, started my own political party. Last year, this time, 
you know, I mean, I was like a joke of, of, of the country. Everyone's thinking, you know what, we've never seen such a joke in, in our lives. And, um, as you've just uh, rightly indicated, look at what we did with the, um, the local government elections and we are continuing with all the by elections that we are con- with, that we are contesting that uh, action sa is uh, showing massive growth uh, you look at um, our growth all over the country by uh, the end of uh, this uh, uh, year where action sa will have um, provincial structures in nine provinces to ready us for 2024 Herman, we're going to continue this conversation. Uh, we're speaking with Herman Mashaba of Action SA. This is the Deep Dive with Brooke Spector. And this is indeed Brooke Spector, and you're listening to the Deep Dive on High FM. And our guest this morning is Herman Mashaba of Action SA, a man who... Uh, I admire for his tenacity in moving through business in a career that uh, did very well for him. And then at some point in that career, it seemed that there was more to life than simply making money. And he became a politician, not to make money, but to, as he says, to deal with the, the problems that confront or afflict or torture the country. I want to turn our discussion a little bit, Herman, to the future and the the dreaded or the looked forward to word coalitions. Now, I know you had some experience when you were mayor in Johannesburg with building a coalition to govern the city. But at some point in the nearish future, if if political analysts are correct, we're going to see an ANC party vote that will drop below 50% of the electorate that votes and the need for, therefore, a coalition to govern the nation in some way. Tell us what your requirements for a coalition would be and where you see yourself and your party in such a coalition and the things that you wouldn't accept as a coalition. Well, first of all, uh, Brooks, uh, let us really be clear as South Africans. And I think this is something that gives me hope uh, to continue doing this brutal job. This is um, what really gives me that personal satisfaction uh, and motivation is the fact that uh, come 2024, ANC is not going to be uh, in government in this country. That's something that I'm, I'm, I'm really convinced about. And why? It's because, uh, Brooks, look at, um, ANC's, uh, electoral performance, uh, over the last uh, 15 years. Um, to look at ANC's, uh, performance, um, in last year's local government elections. So ANC is already under 50%. And, and if we look at, uh, their performance in, um, in, uh, in, in by-elections, uh, and you look at, uh, their, their scandals and their thievery and their corruption is going to another le- level. So, so there's no way that ANC will be in government come 2024. I think uh, they will be lucky if they can be anywhere close to 40%. I'm, I'm convinced about that. And I'm convinced the section SA that we are going to emerge as the, the second largest political party. And there uh, will be that party that is going to form a coalition government. We don't really believe um, 
given the time uh, frame uh, available to us that we'll be able to really win outright. It's not uh, feasible, it's not possible. However, we are prepared uh, to um, to work with other parties as long as it's not the ANC. Uh, firstly, I think for us uh, with the ANC, it's a no-go area. And, but secondly, we really hope that uh, we want to work even harder to ensure that we don't have a situation where we have ANC-EFF um, coalition. That's another uh, threat because, yes, we can bring the ANC under 40% uh, uh, because they are going to be way below 40%. They'll be, honestly, they'll be lucky if they can reach uh, the early 30s. But now you don't want the situation where, obviously, between them and the EFF, they can uh, have 50 plus one. Because that, that, that relationship will be much more disastrous uh, for this country than the current ANC on, on, a, on its own. And I think for us as Section SA, we've demonstrated our willingness, our preparedness uh, to work with other parties. Uh, I'm sure, Brooks, you are aware right now the three metros of Houting, I personally, as Herman Mashaba, was instrumental in putting DA into government. When DA wanted to give those governments uh, to uh, to the DA uh, to the ANC, I said, no way, not a chance. On the day of uh, our first council meeting, mobilize other parties uh, to say, you know what? There's no way we must allow ANC into government. When people in 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 in, in Houting brought them in the early thirties, you know, I took down the ANC in Johannesburg from forty five percent to thirty three percent. For Enokurulani, took them from forty eight percent to thirty eight percent. In Tswane, from what forty three to also thirty four percent. They'll never recover from that. And I said to myself, how on earth would the DA allow ANC uh, to get other smaller parties uh, to form a government? I'm not going to allow this. Let me try and see if I can mobilize other political parties and then we can uh, negotiate afterwards with the DA as long as we don't have ANC continuing with the looting. And uh, fortunate enough, um, I was successful in that regard. That's why you've got the three mayors um, in Johannesburg, Kuruleni and, 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 and Tony. And we, I will, as Action SA will do everything possible to protect the DA uh, from um, from being voted out. Uh, we will mobilize enough uh, um, support from other parties to ensure that uh, DA continues to, 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 to govern as long as they govern properly and we will hold them accountable. You know, something I found quite interesting, Brooks, is that um, the civil society is so gullible in this country is because I think... Um, as South Africans, we're not used to live in a democratic environment. They see us as coalition partners uh, holding the one another, each other accountable. They think um, the coalitions don't work. No, we are not in, 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 in coalition with the DA. We did not put them in government because we are friends with them. I don't need uh, the DA's friendship. The DA does not need my friendship. We are going to hold them accountable. If there are issues that we are not happy about, we are going to raise them. And we normally, obviously, we've got coalition arrangements. We know, firstly, obviously, engage them through our coalition mechanisms. But where they refuse to go to, uh, to cooperate, we use council processes. We use our civil society to bring this to the attention. And uh, we expect DIA to do the same thing to us if there's um, 
anything that uh, HNSA councillors or government uh, does, they must hold us accountable. This is actually good. After being subjected to 28 years of one-party rule of the ANC, we've uh, experienced hell. So I think um, that is why I'm excited about uh, coalition arrangements where we're not going to have one-party domination so that I think we can hold one and each other accountable. And that's something that we, we must be prepared to live with in this country for the another 50, 100 years. I can tell you, I'm going to die, uh, even if I'm going to die in 90 or whatever, South Africa will still be under a coalition arrangement. So any party that is not prepared to be in a coalition government, then they don't deserve to be in, in politics because uh, we, are, we find ourselves in a very difficult situation as a country where people are in politics, be members of parliament or MPLs or councillors. For them, it's a job, it's a career. It's, uh, it's not about public service. So I think um, we, we need to, to, to stop this, this culture. And this culture can only stop when civil society can hold governments accountable. Go out and vote the politicians in. Go and vote them out when they don't deliver. We are speaking with a man who always keeps his opinions under a stone under wraps, never volunteers a view. Obviously, I'm talking about Herman Mashaba of Action SA, and you've uh, you've been listening to uh, a fair number of forthright opinions by him on the nature of governance, the nature of coalition building, and the way in which politics must actually work as opposed to the textbook. I, I want to turn uh, your attention to one of the topics which I think has has gained you the most criticism uh, for the way in which you have expressed your view. And that, of course, is on the nature of immigration into South Africa. As I understand your view, uh, it, there are two parts to it. One, that immigration, the regulation of immigration is a national govern, government responsibility the protection of the borders and the issuing of the appropriate uh, visas or permits to foreigners who wish to enter and work, study, or live in South Africa. And at the same time, at the more local level, city and province, those are not government responsibilities, obviously, but you have to deal with the consequences of open immigration or uncontrolled immigration, if you will. And as a result, there's a difficult balancing act between the needs of people who are in the country legally, as well as the people who have desperately tried to arrive in South Africa. Perhaps you can help us clarify what your position, what your views, what you're feeling about the nature of immigration and its regulation is. You know, Brooks, uh, it's a really very unfortunate and regrettable. Uh, and, and, and luckily, you know, because of my nature, um, I believe very strongly in, uh, with the principle of the rule of law. Uh, because um, if you look at successful nations and building up of strong economies, uh, you bring economy to an economy when you have the rule of law. When I took over as, as a mayor of the city of Johannesburg, I found there a city which just uh, over 30 years ago was one of the modern cities, not in Africa, in the world. And uh, within eight, 10 years of ANC government, uh, 
turned into a slum. That that city that used to really be the, the, the envy of everyone, I think, I grew up on, uh, as a black South African Going into that city, you, you'll have to really duck and dive from the police. That Carlton Center, the Carlton Hotel, and obviously at the time for us as black people, not allowed in. You must just come and work, and after hours, uh, you, you 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 needed to really leave. You expected in 1994 with the ANC government to take this city, expand it, because you obviously, I mean, it would it would really. It was a natural thing to happen then. More and more of people will then come into the city once you, you start allowing everyone to do. I mean, urbanization is not something that you, that one can stop. Secondly, Brooks, what is important to South Africa? Let us really be honest with ourselves. This country was built at the back of migrants. The only way you can build this country and take it forward from where the apartheid government left it is to invite people of the world to to come and invest in this country, come and enjoy this beautiful, God-given country. But they must be safe uh, as as well. So when I took over as the mayor of the city of Johannesburg uh, during my 100 days, I decided, because at the time I realized anyone talking about illegal immigration, because ANC government, was responsible for, for this mayhem we were experiencing. As soon as I raised it, um, uh, anyone raised this matter, then you'll be attacked. And they will get so-called experts and so-called human rights lawyers to attack you. So what I did, I studied um, with my legal team, studied the constitution in terms of um, um, immigration in, in South Africa. The constitution of South Africa is very clear, encourages immigration, legal immigration. They want people of the world to come here, but they must come here legally. And uh, when they're here, they must respect the laws of our country. Those who are running away from the Mugabe's of this world, South Africa has got an obligation, moral and legal, to assist them. But they must be registered uh, so that at any point in time, we know who's in, in the country. So when I raised uh, this matter that uh, I'm running a city with 170 billion rands uh, um, uh, uh, infrastructure backlog, 180 squatter camps, uh, hijacked uh, buildings, uh, all manner of evil happening. And um, we started a project to call the Inner City Rejuvenation Project, and we needed to see who are the people in, in these buildings. When we started this project uh, to discover up to 80% most of the buildings, were people who were undocumented. So I decided to use uh, the platform on the 1st of December to bring this to the attention of South Africans, that we've got a, we're sitting with a crisis. I've got massive backlog, 170 billion rands backlog, only 8, mil, 8 billion rands available for me to address this. The former mayor, Pak Stau, used to call this city world-class African city. A city that was completely broken as slum used to call it a world-class African city. I said, no, this cannot, it can't be business as usual. So I said uh, in, in a press conference uh, to the media, we've got to really deal with. But I said, the problem is not with the foreign uh, foreign nationals uh, and undocumented people who are here. These people are encouraged by the breakdown of the rule of law. We are going to hold the South African government accountable. We are going to hold the Home Affairs accountable to ensure that everyone in the city of Johannesburg must be documented. Those who qualify 
to get documentations as per the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa. I cannot believe uh, they unleash uh, such um, <laughs> the virtual uh, calling me xenophobia, including actually, interestingly, going to report me to the South African Human Rights Commission. Uh, but fortunate enough, I had the constitution around me. I welcome the investigation by, by, by the South African Human Rights Commission. I don't know if you've seen their, their report after a few months. And um, the South African Human Rights Commission studied everything that I said. Because remember, as soon as they started att- attacking me, they wanted me to apologize. And, uh, and I said, I couldn't apologize for what? And obviously, by refusing to apologize, created more and more the, the attacks. But finally enough, I think for me, I said, no, that, that is good for them because, uh, as South Africans, we cannot really keep quiet. Remember at the time, the Minister of Home Affairs was, uh, Malusi Gigaba, who's supposed to, today, as I'm talking to you, is supposed to be in jail for, uh, the, the, for for the Guptas and other things, giving the Guptas uh, South African documentations uh, uh, illegally. So so you can imagine the Minister of Home Affairs was involved in this uh, the racket of um, issuing the false uh, um, uh, fraudulent South African ID. So when they unleashed uh, this uh, process, I let uh, the South African Human Rights Commission do their work and. Um, I remember when uh, they, they, they came to really give the report to call the press conference uh, with the South African um, African diaspora. They were there with me. The Human Rights Commission reacted the report. In fact, uh, the South African uh, diaspora were really very surprised because I was adamant that um, I've got to take the Home Affairs to court to hold them accountable for compromising the sovereignty of South Africa. And they actually ended up to say, you know what, we will uh, we will work with you when you take the home office uh, to, uh, to court because they are the ones responsible for creating this mayhem in the country. We are speaking with Herman Mashaba, the man who always holds his opinions close to his chest and never reveals a, a view. Uh, I'm speaking facetiously, of course. He's open, he's forthright, and he uh, he tells he tells it as he sees it. Uh, he's the head of Action SA. Uh, and we have an obligation to take care of our own business for a minute. We'll be back for the last part of our conversation. This is the Deep Dive with Brooke Spector. And this is indeed the Deep Dive, and this is Brooke Spector. Uh, and we're speaking with Herman Mashaba. Uh, in the time remaining for us, I gather you have to leave just before the beginning of the next hour and on to another appointment. Because you are now jousting for national leadership in some version of a coalition going forward after the next election, uh, I want, in, in the time remaining, uh, I want to talk a little bit about foreign policy, South Africa's foreign policy. You've touched on it. Uh, in terms of immigration and immigration control and obligations under international law and the South African constitution. But the one of the issues that has seized world attention, of course, is the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. I don't know what your views on this are, but I'd like to hear them. Very clear. I see... 
uh, feel that I think uh, the uh, onslaught on the Ukraine of Ukraine people by uh, by the Russians is uncalled for. It, it is illegal, and I hope that the international community will uh, act upon it appropriately. And um, as action as as Herman Mashaba, I want to distance myself uh, from from the position of the South African government to support Russia in this matter. I really want to openly distance myself that um, the South African government uh, to abstain um, at the United Nations at it does not really represent me as a South African, does not represent me as Action SA, does not represent me in my personal capacity. Uh, the, uh, the ANC is unfortunately putting South Africa in the wrong side of history. I mean, you look at the, what they're doing, be with Russia, be with uh, Cuba, we were uh, Venezuela. We always choose the wrong the, the, the partners uh, uh, for international uh, relations. And I want to make it uh, unapologetically clear that uh, the position of the of, uh, foreign policy of the ANC will not really form part of uh, what HNSA is going to be. We will, uh, we will have relations um, with progressive uh, countries uh, that can help us uh, rebuild this country. We'll make it... Um, conducive for, for them to come and invest in this country, to come and live in this country, because uh, uh, Brooks, uh, one thing, the advantage we have in this country, in South Africa, once you've got the uh, the rule of law, the country is safe. When people come to South Africa, be from New York or from London, from anywhere in the world, they will not want to go back. People who leave South Africa, or they only leave South Africa when, obviously, you have a government like the ANC or you have a government like the, 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 the National Party with the, uh, with the apartheid laws. But if you have a, a government that can really be for the safety of the people, bring back the, the rule of law, stop all discriminatory laws, I can tell you this country becomes a small heaven. And it should have been. That's really what I thought in 19, on the 27th of April 1994 when I voted for Nelson Mandela. We spoke about the Rainbow Nation. And I thought uh, Mandela and the ANC are going to take advantage of the human capital that is residing in this country that uh, the National Party failed to take advantage. Today, South Africa is more divided along racial lines than the, the apartheid government ever did. And it hurts me as a South African because, um, unfortunately, ANC does, I want to make it clear, ANC does not really represent me. I voted for them. Because obviously I grew up thinking that the liberation organization and I'm very clear and see it's not really there for, for the people. They lost it. Uh, I voted for them twice in 1994, 1999. And that was the end of, uh, of my relationship with them. And I actually in 20, um, when I joined the DA, uh, when I decided to, 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 to really to be an armchair critic. I thought the DA wanted to unseat the ANC. Unfortunately, there's enough evidence. In fact, Retin, my chief of staff, wrote a book about the frustration on how the DA actually supported the ANC. They don't want to, they want to work with the ANC. And I'm afraid, uh, Brooks um, and your listeners, anyone who wants to work with the ANC, they must not really involve me. It's, uh, it's for that reason I left... Um, 
my position as a mayor two years uh, ahead of time because uh, they were already uh, plotting, having secret meetings, uh, the leadership of the DA uh, to remove me through a motion of no confidence with the ANC. And uh, fortunate enough, because I wasn't born yesterday, I got to know about the secret meetings and I decided, uh, you know what, uh, being the mayor is the last job in the world I want. But then... Unfortunately, I did not realize I was creating a bigger problem for myself because all of a sudden, so I did not realize that um, my uh, time uh, in uh, as a mayor, I was making an Im- uh, impact on on the South Africans, not only in Johannesburg, because uh, there was outcry by South Africans in South Africa, other parts of the world. Say, then please form your own political party. Yeah, what you you were doing in Johannesburg, your your stance and your values and your principle, please. We've never seen politics since 1994 in this country. Please form your own political party, which was really then. Uh, I mean, another challenge in my life. Uh, and, uh, that's where how, why on the 6th of December 2019, I launched a project called the People's Dialogue, a second Codesa, but this Codesa was driven by civil society. We wanted civil society to to agree on core values that are believed in. That so that if we don't agree on those principles, then then I don't I don't want uh, to, I don't I don't want to get involved. Also, uh, I had to approach my family to fund uh, this project, and I remember my family very worried. So, how much is this project? Can you give us uh, the, the business plan? I said I'm afraid I don't know how much this thing is going to cost, but it's going to be expensive. This will be our contribution to South Africa. I said, the only condition, please, I'm, I'm going to run this for three months. If I don't get half a million scientific uh, supporters, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to proceed and look at other avenues uh, to save South Africa. Brooks, in three months, I received a mandate from 2.4 million South Africans. Scientific. 2.4 million. We raised 33 million people in terms of engagement. But the lastly, I mean, eventually, the signatories of registered voters, 2.4 million. So by the time I launched the party on the 24th, um, sorry, on the 29th of August, 2020, right in the middle of COVID, I had uh, 2.4 million South Africans, five times the number that I envisaged. And luckily, this was demonstrated uh, by the electoral support. The electoral support that I received, not even Nelson Mandela has ever received um, the kind of uh, a diverse uh, support because we're the only party in this country that has dominance in all across all uh, communities in South Africa. We've been speaking with Herman Mashaba, the head of Action SA, a man who is notable for the for the willingness to put his positions right there, right in front for everyone to listen to, um, and uh, for his optimism uh, about what he and his party can do in the future. This is The Deep Dive with Brooke Spector. And this is indeed Brooke Spector, and we're winding up our deep dive for today. And I want to thank Herman Mashaba from Action SA for a chance to offer us his views about coalition governance, the future of South Africa, immigration, uh, South Africa's foreign policy, and his own personal commitment to move from 
his own business world to uh, the larger universe of trying to fix the country and save it from difficulties and problems. Uh, in many ways, I think that Herman epitomizes uh, a phrase that uh, Theodore Roosevelt, president of the United States at the beginning of the 20th century, uh, used when he described a politician. He said he is the man in the arena. He is the man who everyone is watching. And I think you've demonstrated over the last number of years that that's the kind of person you are. And we wish you success in fulfilling your dream. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, uh, Brooks. I think if one looks at my life at the age of 22, um, um, 1982, when P.W. Botter wanted to control my life, I defied him and um, voted for Nelson Mandela. Unfortunately, his party, it's an embarrassment to me. It, I feel betrayed by, 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 by the ANC. But, uh, that's when, where, when, while uh, I complain, it's when good I can complain. But ultimately, it's what I do about my problems. And I think uh, I've taken a decision not to really sit back. Let me use my privileged position to work with like-minded South Africans so that you can unite this country, so that we can uh, do away with all this uh, race-based legislation. It hurts me, you know, when I was in business, where government of the ANC, government of Nelson Mandela, unleashing uh, agencies uh, to, to to get me to sign forms, uh, how many whites I employ, how many blacks, how many Indians and colors. And as my goodness, you know, I used to, to, to sometimes chase those people away from uh, my offices to say, you know, I voted uh, for, 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 to vote against discrimination. And now you guys are taking discrimination to another level. You are going to pay the price. Look at we've uh, destroyed our criminal justice system. We, uh, we've destroyed our infrastructure. We, we brought in, uh, we destroyed our education. We allowed uh, the unions to run education. Look at 80% of public schools in this country are dysfunctional. You know, it's, uh, it's actually quite sad, but you know what? I'm not prepared to sit back and, and watch this movie unfold. I'm going to do everything in my power to, 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 to stop this rot. Am I going to succeed? I have a feeling I, I will have South Africans behind me to stop uh, this country from collapsing. We cannot really be another Zimbabwe. I think this country has got the potential, but unfortunately the damage already caused by the ANC is massive. Let us accept it and find ways to, to, uh, to fix it. You have been listening to Action Essays, Herman Mashaba, a man who has put himself in the arena. Herman, thank you very much for sharing your, your views, your opinions, and, and your interest uh, with listeners at High FM. We appreciate it. Before we, before we sign off for this week, I just want to call attention to listeners who may not have noticed, but an old and dear friend of ours, John Kane Berman, passed away, uh, and he was uh, a student leader in the 70s. Uh, he was a reporter for the Financial Mail and was one of the first reporters to look at the new rising state of uh, labor unions in South Africa, black unions especially. 
And then for 30 years, he was the head of the South African Institute of Race Relations, where he espoused an unequivocal view that liberalism was not dead. Liberalism was appropriate and a principled version of human rights and liberty and justice was necessary and appropriate, even if those who would criticize him would, uh, well, would criticize him. And John was was uh, a dear friend, and we're sorry that he is gone. With that, we say good night. We say good morning. It's morning, folks. Sorry. We say good morning, and uh, we'll be back again next week on The Deep Dive with another in-depth conversation with an important South African. Herman, thank you again. Thank you so much, really appreciate it.